Hello, and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And we'll start with the obvious one. We'll start with the obvious one. Why do I sound a bit like Barry White? Well, it's, it's five something in the morning, and um, I've got up to record. There's a reason why it's five something in the morning, uh, and we'll cover that a bit later on. But the cold that I've kind of had since Christmas is still floating around, and what's happened is it's just made me very very croaky um which is also probably something to do with the ridiculous amount of talking i've been doing for the last few days um and of course talking at a trade show it has takes its impact on the voice anyway but let's let's leave that to one side let's get cracking uh, with a bit of that twangy guitar <laughs> You can probably hear music in the background. You can probably hear the sound of machines uh, whirring away. I'm in the uh, the club lounge at the Sheraton Park Hotel, which, as you know, is one of my happy places. Um, and I'm in here to record, and I was going to record outside, and I am going to record outside. But there's a reason why I'm doing a couple of these things in here first, which will all become obvious as we, as, as we go further on. Um, and I'm now casting my mind back to the start of the week and to the whole process of... Of, of getting here um, because it was a fairly early start uh, on Monday um, and it's a ridiculously long day when you fly to this part of the world because you're flying within the day so unlike if you go in certain directions and you move over into a different day you're 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 flying into a, just a much longer day so you you set off in the morning you catch a four o'clock flight which is what I did and you arrive you know six seven in the evening so the, the flight, theoretically, in the context of the daytime, has taken two hours, but it hasn't. It's taken 11, which is what it, it took um, in terms of the routing we got this time. Um, and the whole day was, was uh, marked with range anxiety. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I've, um, a few months ago I bought an electric car um, and haven't done many journeys that involve... 300, 400 miles in one go. And, then, and before you say it, no, my journey wasn't three or 400 miles in one go. But obviously, um, I'm going to leave my car at the airport, I'm going to park it, and I want to be able to get into it when I get back and not worry about the fact that I've got not a lot of distance left. So I set myself the target of driving down to Heathrow and then charging the car back up to full before I set off. So when I get back, it's like having a fully charged car. And that brought with it its own sense of, uh, do you know what, it was that, that, it is range anxiety, it is foreboding, because actually in, in essence what happened was really simple. I drove down, I found a, a, a Starbucks uh, comp, sort of, it was a garage with a Starbucks and a couple of other things and a load of fast chargers, and I sat, and in the time it took to have a flat white um, and just make a couple of phone calls and, and, and kind of, decompress a little after the journey the car had charged so that whole range anxiety thing yes it involves a bit of planning and yes I appreciate that if your car is flat you have to wait for it to charge up I get all of those things but in terms of the change in lifestyle to accommodate something like electric car which clearly has benefits globally then it isn't quite as bad as it possibly needs to be anyway that's the first part of the day that's the 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 little bit that's prompts a, an eight o'clock start and gets me to the airport in plenty of time and everything runs com- smoothly everything runs smoothly Heathrow is boiling hot 
Um, but aside from that, everything runs smoothly. We get on the plane. The plane's absolutely fine. Journey's absolutely fine. I, the more I do this, the more I don't like flying. But I don't know what that is. As I get older, I've had people say this to me before. As you get older, you, you the, the the flight weighs on your mind more, and it and it does. It absolutely does. I don't and I don't know what it is, because when I was on the flight, I was I was absolutely fine. Uh, and yes, we had a bit of turbulence, but it was nothing. And I really don't like turbulence. I'm one of these people that's fine with landing and taking off. I just don't like being up in the air. Um, and it's it's you know. I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't like landing. I quite like that. Landing for me is great because it's it's exactly what it should be, which is you start off high and you descend exactly how you want to descend and you end up on the ground. It's, it's, it's starting up high, descending in a way that wasn't planned and hitting the ground that my problem comes from. Um, but the bit of descending in the way that you were supposed to and, land, and, and hitting the ground is absolutely, absolutely fine. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what. Should, there will be something. There'll be something to explain what that is about the flight. But I don't, I don't know what it is. So I'm, I'm sure you can tell me. Um, and then we we arrived, and we pitched up at Airbnb in Newport Beach, where we stayed for the first couple of days, and it was it was just magical. And and I sat outside. At I managed to stay awake till ten something. In fact, it was 11, really. I managed to stay awake till pretty much 11, and the last thing I heard was the sound of the ocean because it was literally one block over. And look at me, I'm doing the American thing. Um, and then I head hit the pillow, and I was just gone. Tuesday. So for those of you that remember, last year was all about the Funko Pops. It was all about the Gravity Falls Funko Pops. That was kind of the thing that ran through the entire trip uh, was trying to get hold of certain Gravity Falls limited edition Funko Pops which I managed to get hold of a couple I seem to I seem to remember while I was while I was here um, and, and and did involve an adventure uh, uh, and pushing the, the boundaries of a friendship to be fair um, this time the Funko Pop purchases have been far easier I went to a, a, a store in the in the outlet uh, near here. At the, uh, it used to be called the Block. I think it's called the Outlet. It's Orange now. And I went to to that, and I took some photos, and I sent the photos back to Hoops, and um, and he looked through the photos, and he picked them, gave me the numbers, sent it back. It was really, really far easier. The biggest challenge this time has been um, because Slick. Um, and apologies, I don't know if I've used the, the, the nicknames before. So, so Jack is Hoops because he went through a phase of being really baseball, uh, basketball addicted. So he became Hoops at that point in time and it's just stuck. And um, Josh, who's got one of these ridiculous mop hairdos that all the lads seem to have with this kind of big fringe and this big... And it is, and I don't know what it's supposed to do. The, the weight of it or something supposed. To, I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand it. But he's got the, he's got the sort of sixteen-year-old identikit, big mop fringe haircut, and he bought some hair product, some hair powder uh, called Slick Gorilla, and 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 got a little bit ribbed for it, uh, and became slick at that point, uh, and has been slick ever since. So um, slick, slick, as, as we're now into vintage and all those things. I've been dispatched to buy work, essentially workwear because I've been dispatched to buy Dickies or Carhartt. So I've been, I found myself in a different kind of shop this time uh, looking for the things that Slick's after because 
when we first started coming, and there's actually an Army and Navy store in uh, the Rotary. There's a, there's a, I probably talked about the Rotary at Orange, but there's, there's, there's this little kind of oldie-worldie bit of uh, uh, sort of stores and bars and restaurants around the only roundabout anywhere in the vicinity. And, um, and there's an Army and Navy store, an old-fashioned Army and Navy store, which I'm sure I've talked about before. And so I've been down there and then been to kind of a unit that's just on the main um, boulevard, uh, where we are, so we're on Harbour uh, Boulevard, and there's a one of these just these units that just sells workwear. So I've, I've, I've been in there as well, checking out the Dickies and the Carhartt, and we finally settled on some Dickies pants. No, sorry, no Carhartt pants that he wants, which I've picked up for him, and they are they, they it is proper workwear. It is what the kids seem to be wearing at the moment. Um, and you know, and we got very excited about the the the, the double knee and the du- front, front du- double panel, and we had to check where the badge was at the back, and the badge is in the right place, and it's the right badge. So we've done okay there, and that's been that's been sorted as well. I just am fairly astonished at the cost of workwear, but I'm going to come to that as well in a minute because that kind of feeds in to something else I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I'm in my happy place. Um, I'm outside the pool um, at the Sheraton Hotel and uh, a place where I've had many, many great times. I've had many great meetings here because I tend to do a lot of meetings here. And I've had some very, very late and messy nights here as well. Uh, because for so many points in time, this, this was where we congregated uh, when we, and we just went to the CVS and we bought cases of beer and we bought Jack Daniels because it's so much cheaper than drinking in the bars, even though you're on expenses because I'm still that northerner and I'm still that Yorkshire guy at heart. Uh, and, and I've been here at, at, at three and four and five in the morning. Um, and it has, I mean, I can't do it now, but, but, but back in the day, it was great. Now, at this time of the morning, normally this would be my very quiet, happy place. And I have woken up early with jet lag and come and just sat down here and read. Um, you know, on, and watch the sun come up, and then watching the, what is happening now, which is the, the sun's coming up now. And we've got a lovely pink hue to the sky, um, but you you will be able to hear that. You will be able to hear a cacophony of noise, and it's a cacophony of noise that's been going on every single morning and every single evening while we've we've been here, um, and it starts around about five fifteen, um, and. I've not adjusted times really while I've been here. I've, I've, um, I've, I don't think the latest I've been in bed is 11, but I actually f- I've been in bed one night before nine and slept all the way through because I'm not getting past, if by now I would have been getting past 5.15 and, and waking up at maybe 6.37 because I'm getting towards the end of the trip, but this is too loud to sleep through. Um, it's, we're, we're, it's like being in some form of amphitheater um, and this noise is just, I mean, when it, it, you know, they're walking around in a circle and when they go past where the rooms are, you, you, you are awake. It doesn't matter what you do, door shut, it doesn't matter what you do. So we've been living with a cacophony of noise while we've been here and it, it's, it's, based on, um, it, it's based on a labour dis- dispute. It's based on uh, changes in legislation and it's based on cost of living and it's based on uh, individual hotels who 
are or aren't unionised. And I don't understand the details. I've, been, I've tried to get into it a little bit, but it's complicated. Um, and I'm, I'm finding it hard work to really get through. And, of course, the problem is the information that I'm getting, most of it seems to be from either side of the particular argument rather than somebody giving me some commentary down the middle. And obviously, you know, in the UK, you go to the, somewhere like the BBC website to try and get something a little bit more balanced. I'm not saying 100% balanced, but a little bit more balanced. But it seems to be harder to get anything that's, that's balanced over here. Now, the one thing that has spoken to me while I've been here, and I, I chatted to an Uber driver about it, and, I've, I've, uh, you know, it's been, it's been evident, it's been absolutely evident that, that cost of living is a, is a huge problem here. Uh, when you're looking at some of the roles that around the convention centre that are being currently advertised for, you know, par- parking lot attendants and, and security people and all those kind of things, and you look at the amount of money they're paying an hour, um, which is probably similar to UK living wage kind of numbers when you do the adjustments, um, but then you look at the cost of everything here. You know, you ca- you can't go out, and maybe it's maybe it's Anaheim pricing. I don't I don't know. Um, but you just go to the CVS and you look at the cost of things, and, and it's expensive. I mean, I, I popped in to, to buy some of my favourite hair gel um, and the little travel packs that I like to buy when I'm here because they're great and I use them through the year, and they're $5, $5 for a miniature. And it's, not a, it's, it's, a great, it's great hair gel, but it's, it was only ever a cheap hair gel. It was, they, these, should, these, these were $0.99 cents in Walmart. And, and a few years later, they're $5. And I appreciate, again, I'm paying Anaheim CBS prices, but the point is, the US has got expensive. Um, part of it from people traveling over here is the dollar calculation, but, part, but the, point, the fundamental point is, we're in an area where people have been priced out, and I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. Um, and I have a tremendous amount of, um, you know, empathy for what, is being protested about here. The the issue comes when you start to talk to and break down who the people are and you start to um, make a little headway or you try and find out a little bit more about exactly what is going on. Um, and, and I guess a little bit about the strategic aims and, and, and the, way it's been, the way it's being handled. Um, I talked to... Um, one of the, the the organizers the other day and I was surprised at how aggressive the stance was and I was um, and I get the bit in the middle of all this is the particular union and I'm I'm concerned about the objectives here and whether the objectives are actually for the workers or whether the workers have been caught up in the middle of something um, that they that they're being to a certain extent uh, manipulated so I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the next section, but it was just kind of painting that initial picture. So the, the, the way they're going about it is very, very noisy protest. They got in the hotel last night and walked through, and, and they are making a lot of noise. This is impressive noise making on any kind of scale. But uh, I'm, I'm traveling with a, a colleague, Alice. She's in her, her mid-20s. And when they walked through the hotel, and at no point did I think there was going to be any kind of anything untoward or any kind of violence or what have you. But she was she was scared. She was uh, what well, scared is probably she she was unsettled. Let's let's go with that. She was unsettled by what was going on. 
Um, and you forget as a 52 year old male, these things don't worry you in quite the same way. But if my son was here, if Slick was here, then he or either of them, if Hoops was here as well, they would feel unsettled by it as well. If that had walked through reception of the hotel, that would have unnerved both of them. And it unnerved Alice yesterday. So there's, we're on the edge of, we're on the edge of, well, I think we're well past the edge actually, but certainly they are, they are on that line uh, between disruption and actually being intimidating. Uh, and I'm cons- and, and, and I guess I'm a little bit concerned about how that's come about and how people are being used because fundamentally at the root of this argument is something that is relatively simple to understand and relatively easy to s- support. Um, relatively easy to support when you take when you take what's being what's being um, demanded. But I'm going to leave it there and then carry on in in, in a few minutes and talk about what else I've learned as we've been going on. Thursday. So as I say, I've spoken to one of the, the uh, organisers of the process and I was, I was struck um, by how aggressive um, that he was in terms of this particular situation, the tactics they were using and my part in that. Because I was, I was told that what I should do is check out the hotel that I should demand a refund, that I should go and stay somewhere else and that my part in this, my responsibility in this was to hit the hotel really hard financially because that's how you you, you force them to change. Um, now, I don't necessarily buy that um, and I don't necessarily think that is, necess- that is my responsibility and I don't know why I have a role to play in this to that extent, okay? Uh, I think you you should be looking to galvanise support, and that support um, that's more orderly and more quiet will help will help your cause. But I wonder if what I was being asked to do was maybe a, a, a little bit too much. And I was also concerned by whether the people involved in this were actually being um, were being used for 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 different kind of ends. So I spoke to um, people at NAM and asked them what was going on and they said that um, this this dispute essentially has been resolved that the core of the dispute which is the individual circumstances for the workers at the hotel that the, 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 the hotel management have agreed to and they've signed and they're waiting for the union to sign the actual paperwork um, to, 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 to finalise what's going on um, and that seemed to run counter to what I was actually being told. And then I spoke to the hotel management, and the hotel management told me exactly the same thing. Now, look at the moment. I've got two sides of the argument, and I've got the extremes. And this is a, you know, we know this is a polarised country, and we know there's polarisation going on in, in the UK. But we know that this is a very polarised place. But the management then told me that, look, yes, exactly that. The, the, you know, agreements have been made. Negotiations have gone on. The discussion with the unions have, have effectively brought about the solution the unions were looking for, and, and and that it was just a case of waiting for that to be finalised. What seems to be a little bit at play here is that the unions are um, are using this now because this is great lobbying. This is great influencing. This is a great place to make a very noisy protest because they do a lot of work around Southern California. 
And my understanding from one side of the argument is that actually the people who are who are you know the workers, the people here who are who are uh, part of are caught up in this and are part of this this protest haven't been told, haven't been told that essentially a deal has been done because it, it's it's too good an opportunity for this particular union not to utilise this event to do what they're doing, which is make a lot of noise. Now I don't know if that's I don't know how much truth there is in that, and I, I want to caveat this massively. But last night, the protesters got into the hotel and they went through the hotel and created a lot of noise. And the colleague that I'm travelling with, Alice, she was uh, unsettled by it. She was she was shaken by it. And no, look, I forget in sort of '52 that that I, I, I at no point did I think that that would go into any form of violence or any form of confrontation. But she was concerned about those things. And if my kids have been here they would have been concerned about those things as well and when I spoke to the hotel staff once they because they're not supposed to be in the hotel they were visibly shaken as well so we're on the edge now of what is I, I consider to be protest that isn't intimidation and I mean look I've got no problem with labor being withdrawn if they withdrew their labour and created the hotel a problem because the hotel was full this week, then um, the hotel would have to pick up the cost of that. And if the protesters were outside and they were talking to people and saying, look, if you've noticed a, a drop-off in your, in your normal service at the hotel, this is the reason why and this is what we're actually trying to make a point about, that would be very, very easy to get behind. But actually that's not what's necessarily playing out. And it's what is playing out is... is seems to be more troubling um, and it's made me it's made me question it's made me think it's made me go back and think about everything that went on with the miners strike going all the way back to then that have I shifted my views and I don't know I now don't know if I have shifted my views or or not or if I have got slightly more gone slightly to the right but I'm finding I'm finding some of this a little bit a bit difficult look it's not affected me that much. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of noise. Great. I've just changed my patterns. I've, I've started going to bed earlier. I've started getting up earlier. I'm awake at five. It's fine because I can't sleep through this, so I'll just go with it. But the rest of what's going on has made me question a few things. But I'm, I don't know. I'm just finding some of this a little bit troubling. <laughs> I'm going to finish where we started and I'm going to finish where we started right at the beginning um, and I've, I've spoken about this before um, and, and about this particular event and how pivotal this event is to this podcast because this podcast came out of a change of, of job uh, or the end of a career um, at, at Shaw Microphones and it came out of the fact that I was going to miss being at this event and this event is pivotal to my industry it's central it's core to what goes on in the music instrument sector because this is where we gather every year and this is a magical place in terms of the people I bump into uh, and it never fails it never fails to deliver year in year out and even today I've bumped into well yesterday I guess I bumped into uh, a friend uh, called Roger who used to be my um, my Laney Headstock rep 
uh, which Laney's a guitar, I'm brand, and, and uh, the, the company was called Headstock Distribution. And it, uh, it was, uh, it's a company that is run by the Laney family. And it, it distributes Laney amplifiers, but it also distributes Ibanez in the UK. And Roger was my rep for, um, for those two things. We bought a bit of Laney, we bought a lot of Ibanez. And I met him a couple of years in when I first started my poaching career and got on really, really well with him, really, really well. And actually, as an aside, he's also a friend of Marillion um, because the court guitars that, um, that they play and, and the bass that Pete plays pretty much exclusively is one that Roger gave him when Roger switched to court guitars for a while and then switched back. Now, I, we worked out today, I've not seen Roger for about 18 years. And yet, it was just a magical moment to reconnect with somebody who I saw a lot and got on very well with. And it's just our paths haven't crossed. And our paths crossed today, and it was, and that is what happens here. That's part of what happens here. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to kind of bring up to speed and maybe reflect on, and I still reflect on how my career at Shaw ended. Sure, still runs through my DNA. I'm still a Shaw guy. That's not going to change. Um, and I'm very, very loyal to the brand, but I got wrapped up in a lot of politics and I'm a difficult person to have working for um, you as a company, particularly if it's a company that, that, that is a little risk averse and wants to go in a certain way. And I guess he's, he's probably American as well because there was an element of that that didn't, that didn't help either. Because I do push back and I am belligerent and I speak my mind and I, I question. I question all the time. And uh, one of the things, we, the last time I was here I, we had a little chat with Mary Spender who's a, a, a great friend and somebody who worked uh, with me at Shaw. And um, she was part of the whole thing that caused, that, that, that ultimately, I mean, it wasn't that, but, but she, the way that I worked with Mary and the way that I, I found Mary a job and asked her to come and work with the team ran contrary to what was going on and didn't fit in with, with how the things that Shaw was doing. And I, I found Mary a job. I, I made up a job for her because I, as soon as I met her, I was very conscious that this was somebody who was going to be really, really important in the years to come. And we went rogue. We went very, very rogue um, with some of the things that we did. And we organized an influencer event, uh, a content creator event, uh, which got brought together some amazing people who now have phenomenal reach. But you're not allowed to do those things. You're not allowed to go rogue like that. Um, and even though I had the best interests of the brand at heart and just wanted to be leave, left alone to do things and to try and make something special happen, that doesn't work in a corporate environment. They, they push back very quickly against you when you do things like that. Um, and the reason why I'm telling you all this is that um, I sat down at the... On the first day of the show, I sat down at the, um, the breakfast, the, the, uh, the insights session... Uh, and it was hosted by John Linzak, who's the new NAM CEO, and has become, very quickly, has become a firm friend. Um, and he, Mary, Mary opened the show. She played, and she opened, it wasn't a show, it was a, a session, but she opened the session. She played for half an hour and opened the session. But then she was interviewed on stage by John. And if I tell you, for those of you who are musos, if I tell you that... Um, 
there was Mary, and then there was the CEO of a billion-dollar company called Reverb, and then there was Mark Ronson. That was the lineup for the day, and they were talking about um, influence, essentially, all the power of influence. Then you can see what kind of um, the caliber of, of panel she was she was on, and she came and she spoke and she was interviewed and she was brilliant and she captured the room and she captured the zeitgeist of exactly what she was talking about. She's incredibly articulate about the journey that she's been on. And when I met Mary, she had, and I, I can never remember the exact number, but it was eight or 10,000 subscribers on her YouTube channel, which is now heading towards uh, a million. Um, and she just nailed it. She absolutely nailed it. And the group because I've met a few of them while we're here, the group that we put together, we assembled, who are now friends, who still talk about the trip that we did to Montreux, probably represent uh, a global uh, YouTube subscription of maybe 15 or 20 million. So this was, a, and this was just a group we put together, and these people have all gone on to be brilliant, and sure had them in the palm of their hands. And they would have done so much for sure, and they would have done it organically, and they didn't want anything in return, and it wasn't contractual. They just wanted to be part of the journey, and and sure just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. That was that was the wrong thing. That was me going rogue, and Mary going rogue. And yet, what a missed opportunity. And I watched her um, on stage, um, and was just so proud. So proud of not only her, but just delivering on the thing that she was always going to deliver on. But also proud and personally a little bit vindicated that the things we were trying to do, even though it didn't fit, even though it was pushing back, even though it wasn't what people understand, understood at that time, those things was, were, were the right things to be doing. And still companies are not doing them the way they should be doing in this space they're still not learning they're still not seeing the possibility and and i i, I just had that little moment of validation and uh, of, of vindication but at the same time that moment of sadness as well because where could we have been if we'd been allowed to just do the thing we wanted to do and you know i tried to take a person like mary and just let her go away and be brilliant and it didn't fit and it's such a shame but at the same time as I say remarkably proud of where I found myself on that morning because you know I've talked a lot of times about the arc of TFM well and and that it's somehow it, it's it's I thought it closed off when we came earlier but it's still there there's still things rumbling in the background and the, today was was an, an, another part of actually completing completing all of that I guess as I said earlier the problem is that I've still got short running through my DNA I, st I still miss it I still miss the people I still miss the company I still would like to be feeding into that story and and I and I can't and as much as I try and make myself better feel better at times by pushing back against it it, it doesn't alter the fact that that is that is still to a certain extent in my working life part of who I am wow got that off my chest um and that's obviously what this is all about um but I, I, I feel better for saying it out loud um i'm going to start prepping i've got a pack we're heading out uh, jason and i are heading out to hermosa beach for the for our last night i've got a few things to do at the show this morning 
um, a few more people to see, uh, including James Laney, actually, having mentioned him earlier on. Um, and we'll wrap up the things we've done here. We've had a great week. We've done some really good work. We've met some great people, met a lot of old friends. I've hugged so many people this week walking around and bumped into so many people that I haven't seen for a while, and it's been fantastic to reconnect with. So I go back with a, with a very full heart um, whilst being absolutely exhausted. Anyway, I hope you're well. Uh, have a good day. Apologies this is a little bit late, um, but actually it's going to be out in the right time. It's just the right time's eight hours, eight hours behind because it is going to be out for nine, just nine local. So maybe that's my rule moving forward. If I'm travelling, as long as it's out at local, I'm fine. Uh, so stay safe and I'll speak to you next week. therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production